The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect the views or position of any entities they represent or the opinions of ID production. Welcome everyone. Welcome to another edition of The High Life. You know in The High Life we get to talk to everyone, but today I got a very special guest. I'm going to sit back and let this gentleman do all the talking. His name is Mr. Tony Williams. Uh, a lot of you people don't know about Mr. Tony Williams, but before we get going, Mr. Williams, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Mr. Boyd, a pleasure to be here on today. Um, my name is Tony Williams. Um, I'm from the East Texas area. Um, been married almost 40 years to the beautiful woman, uh, Miss Jean Williams. We have two adult children. Uh, professionally, I've worked uh, in broadcast journalism for about uh, almost 40 years on and off. Um, now I work for uh, UT, uh, UT Health and um, just enjoying um, you know, being uh, uh, on the circuit here with Mr. Boyd. He's the one and only Mr. Boyd, so enjoying being here today. Well, today, America, you're going to get a chance. Mr. William had a chance to interview uh, a couple of candidates. Uh, just briefly, uh, just give them a little highlight and then we're going to hit them with the highlight of the interviews. Just some overall information about um, things that are happening in our country, about voter suppression, uh, about uh, abortion rights, um, about uh, gun control, um, just things that are affecting our country. So uh, we hope you stay tuned and tune in uh, because we have some very, very uh, uh, interesting people to talk about some of those very issues um, that you can change uh, because you have a chance to go to the polls and make changes in our country if, you know, for the better. Hello everyone and welcome to The Highlight. This is Kenneth Ford, your host of the program. But today we have a very special gentleman that's going to take over the interviews and do some of the, uh, the hosting, if you will, Mr. Tony Williams. Tony, welcome to the show. And today I understand you will be with Miss Shirley McKellar who is part of the Beta O'Rourke campaign. Take it away, Mr. Williams. So once again, thank you, Mr. Williams, for the opportunity to come and talk to you about Beto O'Rourke for Texas. I am the surrogate for East Texas, and I'm here to represent uh, Beto O'Rourke and his campaign this afternoon. And I'm here to talk about his campaign, and I am sold on him. And I want to share with you a special personal uh, thing to tell you what kind of person Beto O'Rourke is. Okay. We already know that uh, in Texas we experienced a terrible freeze a few months back and where all of us were shut down. Uh, even our uh, congressperson, excuse me, our senator decided to go to Mexico uh, because uh, it was so cold here in Texas. Well, one of the persons who worked for my campaign when I ran for United States Congress actually lost her home in a fire, burned to the ground. And so I reached out to Beto O'Rourke because at that time I was helping her to get, at least get into a hotel, get some supplies and to be able to, um, to carry on because she had lost her home. Well, not only did he help me to do that, Beto O'Rourke sent me $25,000 to help to rebuild her home. So that speaks volumes of how he cares about the people 
in the great state of Texas. So who but Beto O'Rourke would be the greatest person to take care of Texas because he has shown me that he believes in taking care of the people in the state. Stick around, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll return with more political questions and answers. You know, uh, recently, um, uh, the shooting down in Uvalde, and uh, Beta, uh, uh, Mr. O'Rourke was, uh, was um, attended one of the uh, press conferences down there, and they shoot him away um, for standing up for the people there that were killed. Um, how, how do you how do you think that fared with uh, with the with the residents of Texas? Do you think it was a good thing or a bad thing? Because he did stand up for for those people down in Uvalde, where uh, seems like the current you know Texas governor uh, just was kind of just trying to tread water. Uh, your your thoughts on that a little bit. Let me just share this with you that I am a retired United States Army officer. I served 20 years and eight hours in the Army, and I had to carry weapons. I carried an M16 on my shoulders and I strapped a pistol on my on my side. When I got out of the military, I no longer wanted to deal with an AR. I don't believe that an AR should be kept in the streets of these of our country unless law enforcement is carrying that. I appreciate Beto O'Rourke for showing that he cared about those students at Uvalde. Uvalde wasn't the only one. We know that we've had a lot of uh, school shootings in this country. So I think it was an excuse that Abbott used not to go down to Uvalde simply because he didn't want to have to say to the people, yes, we need to make some changes with gun control in the state of Texas. So he hid behind the fact that he didn't want to cause any disturbance or change things. Well, he would have changed things if he had gone down and shown the people there at Uvalde that he really did care and he had compassion for what they were going through, just like all of the rest of us who showed compassion. But he stayed behind the doors of the Capitol, so he couldn't have to talk about gun control. That's what it was really about, in my opinion. Thank you so much for answering that. Speaking of gun control, uh, do you think we need AR-15s and uh, those type of uh, weapons of mass destruction uh, to be sold in the United States when we're having so much violence in our country right now? Absolutely not, unless they're for military causes or unless they're for law enforcement. There's no real reason why a person like you and myself need to have an AR in our possession because those are weapons of mass destruction. Now, I'm not saying take your weapons away. As a matter of fact, we have weapons in our home. Now, if you try to break into my home, I have something for you, okay? But when I go out into the community, I want law enforcement to protect and serve me because I've already done that for 20 years and eight hours in the United States Army. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, we have this really big push um, by the Supreme Court and, uh, and our nation um, about abortion. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, we've had so many women that uh, uh, they have health risk, you know, involving um, abortions around it, whether they need one or whether they don't need one. But there seems to be a big push now. Uh, laws are being written to uh, where a woman doesn't have any right over her own body. Um, what can you say to the voters about that? You know, uh, what can they do to, uh, to, to make to make sure that a woman has a right to say uh, what happens to her own body? 
As you know, Mr. Williams, I am a medical person. <laughs> I'm a clinician, a long time a clinician, retired. And so it is my uh, feelings that it's between a woman, her physician, her husband, or whomever her uh, significant person is to make decisions about what happens with their bodies. There's no way that you, as a man, can tell me as a female, you don't have the same uh, reproductive system that I have. So you really, you can't speak on what I experienced. Now, abortions don't work for me. I don't want to have an abortion. I never had one. Uh, but let me just also point out as a medical person that abortion means that it, miscarriage is an abortion. That just means that the fetus has been aborted. Okay. So I heard you speak about the 10 year old that experienced uh, the rape. That's between her mother, the physician, and that family. We don't need to try to legislate morality in this country because God has already legislated morality for us. So a person has to decide what they want to do with their body. You can't tell me what to do with my body just as I can't tell you what to do with your body. So therefore, when people try to legislate laws to decide what a woman should do with her body, it's just not fair. It's just not right. But keep this in mind. God has already legislated morality. So let's just talk about education. Let's talk about economic growth and development. Let's talk about the things that we can control because we can't control what we do with someone else's body. Just can't happen. Right, right. Women will find a way. If they want to have an abortion, they will find a way. And let me just share this with you, personal stories. I've seen so many women that came into my emergency room from back alleys that they had abortions with knitting needles, that they almost lost their lives, almost bled to death. So why would we impose these kinds of things upon women? Mm. I fight for women, yeah. and I believe in women's rights. And I think Beto O'Rourke does as well. Okay. Uh, Dr. McCullough, just a couple of other questions, and then we'll, we'll let you go for, uh, for the evening. Um, we've, we've noticed some things that uh, uh, Greg Abbott uh, has said about defunding the police. Can you, for the voters, can you expound a little bit about uh, what uh, defunding the police actually means? Yes, thank you. That's an excellent question as well, Mr. Williams. What Beto O'Rourke said, and so I want people to really understand what he meant when he says defund the policeman. He doesn't say, he did not mean take the funds away from the police department. He meant to regroup the funds and particularly uh, mental health. That's one of our big issues in this country is mental illness. So he wanted to make sure that the police department was prepared to address issues that happen day to day with them. We know that they live a dangerous life by protecting and serving us out there in the community. So we wanted to make sure that the funds are used so that mental health would be able to to uh, be used so that if they needed that during the crisis that they experienced, that they would have funding in a place over there so that counselors could come and talk to them, psychiatrists, and address whatever issues that they were experiencing during their day-to-day -day operation as police officers. So glad you clarified that for us because with the way the ads are running, it seems like he's wanting to do away 
with the police, the way the ads are kind of interpreted. In Thank you. And we have to know that they do sound bites mm -hmm. in ads. So I may have completed a sentence, but they're only going to cut off the part that they want to use to make voters think that he's saying, take the money away from the police department. They didn't hear the rest of the part about mental health right. and how important it is for our officers to address those particular issues. All in the game of politics. Yes, huh? sir. Wow. <laughs> uh, one other question here. Uh, now, we've noticed that certain governors in the states, like the state of Texas, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Abbott and, and then Mr. DeSantis down in Florida, they're shipping immigrants all across the country. Um, what would Beto O'Rourke do in situations like that? You know, can you expound on that a little bit? The one thing that I do want to bring out in regards to that is that those people that had come to our front door are therefore to get asylum. Let's look at the Constitution and what our Constitution says. It says that people have the right to ask for asylum in this to come to this country to escape the dangers that they have experienced in the country from which they came. But they're making it seem like that these are just quote-unquote illegal people, that's the term that they use, uh, illegal immigrants that are just crossing the border without actually uh, being legally accepted. So uh, I heard someone say that the funding that are used in order to fly these people across country to Martha's Vineyard and all these various and sundry places, uh, that they could have been using those funds to do other things uh, such as uh, build a wall or, or make it more secure. I'm not necessarily talking about building a wall. I don't want to imply that at all, and I don't think Beto O'Rourke is implying that. But there are so many other things. Let's talk about the homelessness that we have in our country. Why should we have people who have served this country and served with valor that are sleeping on the streets? That would be veterans. But we live in the wealthiest country in the world. No one should be sleeping on the streets in America. So let's use that taxpayer's money because many people don't realize that that's taxpayer's money that they're using and then they're price gouging. The pilots are double pricing to fly the airplanes across country. So that would be more of a reason to vote for Beto O'Rourke, someone who wants to keep things fair and balanced. I believe in that scales of justice. It has no face, right? So it's supposed to be fair for every single person. So these people that are coming are coming because they're asking for asylum into this country. Um, Sister McKellar, it seems to me um, in the United States there's a big push to suppress the vote. Um, laws are being um, written uh, to suppress uh, the vote of people of color. Uh, a lot of redistricting going on in a lot of uh, states to help certain candidates win. Uh, and you're a big proponent of uh, Mr. O'Rourke. What do you think he stands on issues like that? Yes, that's a great question. Let me just share this with you, another personal story. I just left uh, Marshall, Harrison County, where we were on a plantation called Mimosa Hall Plantation, where there were 7,000 acres of land that was out there that 
our ancestors, people that look like me and you, even they share your last name, Williams. So those are the people that were standing on their backs, on their shoulders. They fought for the 1964 and 65 civil rights and voters' rights. So I say to the Gen Zs, I say to the millennials, I say to everybody out there, we even registered a 70-year-old person that had never voted in life but he had the opportunity to vote. Beto O'Rourke wants every single person to register and register to vote, and not just register, but get to the polls to vote. We're standing on the shoulders of our ancestors who fought that you and me, African Americans in particular I'm talking to right now, have the opportunity to vote. But not just black people, not just Hispanic people, but all people, because that's our voice. And if you don't express your voice, then that voice is going to be taken away from you. So I encourage people to vote and vote Beto for Texas, for governor, so that this great state of Texas will have equality for all mankind. Not just some, but for all. One last question, Dr. McKellar. Um, there still seems to be another big push in our state, uh, not just in our state, but across the country to ban certain books of history, you know, for our children to be educated on. Um, how do you think Mr. Rourke feels about that? And you may express your views as well. Sure. Uh, because that is, um, education is very, very powerful. And some education some legislators want to take away from uh, our students and from our uh, professors and teachers who want to teach it. So can you expound a little bit on, sure. on that? That's an excellent question as well. You've already nailed it. Education is the key, the key. So let's reflect back to slavery a little bit because I think that we're talking about CRT right now, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. So I remember uh, in my study of history, a lot of things that I went to an all black school. I'm like you, I grew up in the 60s, went to all black school. Uh, we did experience um, uh, integration during that time before I left school, but I can remember the African-American uh, educators teaching us all about history, and they also taught us that every single person actually who, when, when slaveries tried to go through the uh, Underground Railroad and they migrated to, uh, say, the north and to California, to the west and, and so forth, that some of them migrated toward where? South, uh, the Alamo, we know that. And so then there were black people who held positions in government. I'm talking about presidential positions. I'm standing on their shoulders right now because I hold a position in government. And so they were able to do things that are not taught in public schools. There was a president of Mexico who was black, but Nobody talks about that. So education is the key. We should teach history, black history, in our schools. And then let me also add this. We should teach entrepreneurship. I'm a big proponent of people working for themselves. My father used to say to us, go to school, get a great education, but it's not always about being an employee. Go to work and become an employer. Mm -hmm employ people, start businesses. And so that's what our ancestors did. They were able to migrate and go into other areas and start businesses and do things effectively so that we can have the better life and the life that we have today. So I encourage people, get educated. And if you don't get it in your school books, so what? Go to the library, research, and learn for yourself.
that's very important. You know, uh, Dr. McKellar, I can remember as a kid growing up, uh, the cut, you know, uh, here in Tyler, I remember all those black-owned businesses, you know, back in the day when I was a little bitty boy, and uh, uh, we don't own businesses like that anymore. They just kind of, you know, disappeared. For I've always been perplexed about how they just disappeared. But once they closed, those those people grew old and passed away. The buildings just uh, just fell apart. But, well, uh, I think they they disappeared. Integration brought about a change, as you know. Mm -hmm. We used to go past Front Street in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> we didn't need to go past Front Street. Why? Because we had everything that we needed north of Front Street. Mm -hmm. You're right. We had our physicians. We had our pharmacists. We had uh, my father, who was in business people. And then we had people like my grandfather, who were very, very strong in the political process mm -hmm. and worked strongly with uh, uh, William Wayne Justice to make sure that ju uh, equality happened for people in Smith County. So we fell along the way by not picking up and taking that ball and continuing to run with it. And mm -hmm. I think that's what Beto O'Rourke wants to see happen with us. He wants that equality for all mankind. He wants to see a people of color to mm -hmm. receive a reparation mm -hmm. and the things that we should have done. I'm not talking about 40 acres and a mule. I'm talking about complete reparation that was taken away from our ancestors. Talking about that 7,000 acres of land that we just finished filming on mm -hmm. this morning. These things should be going back to the African-American community so that we could have equality for every single person, balance. And you know, that's what I'd like to see happen in the state of Texas. We even had our own dentist, too. Yes, we did. <laughs> North Tyler. We had, we had, if I tell you yep, everything, yeah, we you had know, pretty much everything. we had everything. Yeah, and we yeah. can still have that today. We yeah. just have to, we have to impart that knowledge onto our offsprings mm -hmm. that they can do and how important it is for them to vote. Right. And if they don't vote and get out and make those changes, things will remain the same. Yes. So it's incumbent upon us to make sure that that change transpires and then to have the right person in the state of Texas, in the governor's mansion, and that would be Beto O'Rourke. One last question: um, What uh, what would make a reason? What would what make a person go out and vote for Mr. O'Rourke? Well, I think I've kind of outlined quite a few things, but the main thing that, that I want people to focus on is that he is here to work for every person in Texas. He cares and he's shown how he cares. I mentioned the fact of that. When he sees people that need help, even the homeless people that are under the bridge in Tyler, Texas, veterans in particular, he came in to help. When I was running for Congress, he came here to help me. And so that's why I want to help him to become the person that we need in the state of Texas, because he is interested in not just some, but all people. And that's what we need, people who really care for every single citizen in the great state of Texas and the country. Because his vote in Washington, D.C., or his vote, it, well, he was running for Senate, as you know, but he was in Congress. And so his vote in Congress, and he recognized how important it is to have the right people in the governorship because his voice in Washington, D.C., when he was in Congress, represented all of us down here in every state in the union. So he wants to make things better for us here in Texas. And right now, it's not where it needs to be in Texas, but Beto can help to make that happen, along with the help of all the citizens. So, so vote and vote Beto O'Rourke <laughs> for your next governor for the great state of Texas. Thank you, Mr. Williams.
this has been a fantastic series. I'm gonna call it a series, Tony. Uh, we, we talked to politicians, we talked to uh, individuals, but the key thing I've learned from this series is if we sit back, we're just like the third string quarterback. <laughs> We're not even the second string. No game. No game? <laughs> you got it. So you got to get in that game. You got to get in the game. You got to go vote. You got to get in the game. You know, uh, with the politicians that we've spoken with, the individuals that we've spoken with, uh, just some of our colleagues that we've spoken with, you've got to get in the game. You cannot sit back and say they're going to do what they want to do anyway so my vote doesn't matter and my vote doesn't count. You got to look at what's going on because if your vote didn't count, as Mr. Boyd said earlier, why are they doing so much to suppress your vote? Your vote counts. So you got to get in the game. It's like what Mr. Boyd said. If you're not in the game, you're going to lose. You got to get up and get in the game. I want to thank everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, program information at yahoo.com. Come be a part of the highlight.